Jim Douglas is a well-known figure around Sydney harness racing tracks. At 152 centimetres and 55 kilos in weight, Jimmy wouldn't look out of place jumping on the scales in the weighing room at Royal Randwick. As harness drivers go, he's a pocket-sized dynamo with a great feel for horses and a fierce determination. He drives his share of winners every year and just a few seasons back, he easily topped 100 winners for the season. Jim has a strong working partnership with trainer Ian Wilson, who supplies most of his race drives, but when he's available, his services are utilised by several other Sydney trainers. He's got a very sound knowledge of form and the racing characteristics of most horses, and he's very easy to work with. It's a big welcome to the podcast to Jimmy Douglas. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, John. How are you? Good, James. It's been... uh, You've been involved in the game, in a sense, since you left school because you're now 32 years of age, but I think it's fair to say that you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, that's right. Um, I sort of got into it in my late school years and I didn't know what I wanted to do before that. And and once I started, yeah, I haven't stopped and don't look like stopping anytime soon, no. (laughs) Yours is an amazing story, Jim. During the latter part of your school days, you walked into the lounge room at home one night when your dad, Cole, was watching harness racing on Sky Channel. You didn't even know the sport existed and you were intrigued by the spectacle of horses travelling at a funny gait, pulling little lightweight sulkies. Dad had to explain it to you. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, until Sky Racing came in at home, I hadn't watched races. The only probably races I've seen on the TV were a few of the, the bigger galloping races, but um, I wasn't involved at all and I never had been. And yeah, I just started watching a little bit of it with Dad and and liked it and yeah, caught the bug, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Sometime later... Dad gave you the choice one night of going to the Parramatta Speedway or the Harold Park Trots. I think he wanted to go to the Speedway, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think I actually did. It was just down the road and, and we'd been before and I liked it. And, um, and he sort of said, why don't, we, why don't we try going to Harold Park? You've never been. So we tried it and, mm. yeah, I really liked it, yeah. Well, the next step was for you to find out if stable life appealed to you. And during year 10, you had to put in a week's work experience somewhere. And you arranged to do that with Colin and Graham Watts at the Fairfield track. Very well-known names in the harness racing industry. Yeah, that's right. I I didn't sort of know what I wanted to do when I was at school and in year 10 it was compulsory you had to do a week's work experience at at a at any job of your choice and mm. and I didn't really know and um I was sort of da- dad and mum said well you know give it a go and and I did and uh, we've been to Fairfield trots a few times um over the last probably year mm. and I'd become friends with Ross Scherf mm. and I talked to Ross and and he put me on to Graham and Colin and yeah that that's I did work experience there and I loved it. It was the first time I touched a horse, yeah. Well, you became a regular after that uh, at the Watch Stables on weekends. You couldn't get there fast enough. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'd, I was never I was never a big fan of going to school. Um, I, I did school right through to year 12, but uh, it sort of didn't interest me much. And 
once I started with the horses, that's all I wanted to do. And every chance I got to go on a weekend or or in school holidays, I was there, and and they were very good to me too. So it all worked out good. Graham Watch became your role model, Jim, back then. Uh, Graham didn't have a lot of race drives in that era, but it was obvious that he was a very good race driver. You only had to watch him in action. Yeah, that's right. Um, Graham was great to me, and so, like as Colin was too. Uh, I did the horses with Graham for a few years, and we actually become really good mates. And yeah, he he just he they're a very knowledgeable family, and and Graham taught me a, a hell of a lot. And watching him drive in races, it, it taught me a lot about driving in races too, even though I wasn't driving at the time. Um, but yeah, I really liked the way Graham drove and he was a very good horseman and he taught me a lot about the little things about driving in races as well. That um, helped me helped me in the future, yeah. The watch name in harness racing in New South Wales is really iconic. Graham's grandfather, J.D. Watts, probably drove more champions in his time than any other rangeman. And Graham's dad, Colin, who's now in his early 90s, was a very capable trainer driver for many years. Yeah, that's right. Um, like I said, I didn't really know the sport um, until I was there, but uh, I watched a lot of videos when I was there of the old of the older horses, and, and it, was, it was great to watch. And, um, yeah, the whole family, even Graham's brothers, uh, like Colin's other sons, that they all... They weren't involved in the horses, apart from owning a few, but they weren't hands-on with the horses, but they were great to talk to, and they were always treated me like part of the family. And, mm. yeah, it was, I was very fortunate to be able to get onto the, the Watts family and, and get a start in the industry in that way. Jim, before we leave your teen years, I'd like to touch on some medical problems that you had. Now, it was established early on by orthopaedic surgeons that you lacked healthy cartilage in both knees and every now and again they would literally give way yeah I, I played a lot of sport when I was younger um, and I was very active all the time on my on my knees and legs and that probably didn't help either but it just I didn't have very good cartilage in my legs and and they started to give way oh just every now and then like you'd be running or something and you just feel it sort of give, give way. I wouldn't fall or anything, but you just you just feel it. you didn't have the power there that you should have. Mm. It recovered straight away, but it was something that really shouldn't happen. So mm. um, after going to the doctors and, and getting a few scans, it, it, we found that the cartilage was the problem. So I had to have a few knee operations. Uh, there was three big ones. I had screws in one knee and then screws in the other one and then a reconstruction. Mm. Um, that was over the space of about nine months, and each time... I was on crutches for about nine weeks after the operation. So, mm. yeah, that was that was a that was a big sort of year and something that that it kept me out of school for nine months at, at the start of year ten. And and yeah, it was, it was a pretty bad thing to happen. But mm. it, it's it's good that everything repaired itself, and I've never had a problem since. So well, well, I'm very lucky. I got looked after. You're playing indoor cricket every week. You play squash fairly often. So the, the surgery was a great success. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, yeah, like, uh, my knees grind and that, uh, but they've never given, never given me any major problems. And, 
chasing around horses all day, you, you think it's I'll give it every chance to reoccur. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so, so uh, yeah, the doctors really must have done a great job, and yeah, I, I'm very grateful they did it. You'd been with the watch stable for a couple of years when Graham suddenly decided to pull up stakes and move to Queensland. And it was about this time that Ian Wilson invited you to join his stable. And you've been there ever since. How long has it been? Yeah, it's probably been 12 or 13 years now, John. I've been at Ian's. Uh, yeah, Graham, Graham was travelling around with Tacanorama a lot at the time and then, and then he had to move to Queensland um, for other reasons. So there was, there was very limited horses left at Colin Watts' place. Mm. and it wasn't really a, a, an option for me to continue my career there at that moment. So, yeah, I didn't really know what was happening, and, and Ian actually rang me a few times encouraging me to come out and have a look and see if I liked it out here, and and I, I, I did, and I did. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, it was. It's, it's been really good since. He's been really good to me. He, he encouraged my race driving career, uh, virtually straight after I came out here, mm. and he's been really good in in every way. Uh, I live in the house; I've treated like part of the family, mm. and yeah, it's it's been terrific. Jim, you've driven better horses than Flame and Yomax, but no horse did more for your career than she did. She won fifteen races in all. I'm sure you drove her in every one of them, and she provided you with several. Firsts in your career, what were they? Yeah, she was a great mare, Flame and Yomax. Uh, the Yo family leased her with an option at, at halfway through her three-year-old season, and and we got her and we immediately liked her. And she never raced until I think the last week of a three-year-old season. Mm. But she she went from there and she just kept getting better as she raced through a four, as a four-year-old. Yeah, she was my first Harold Park Tuesday winner. My first Harold Park Friday winner, first Metro winner, and yeah, my first drive in a Group One. So yeah, she she was a great mare, and she took us to Victoria, Tasmania, in, in all the big mares races. And mm. even though she never won a a Group One mares race, she she ran a couple of placings, and she was always thereabouts. She was a very good mare. Now, Jim, I just had a quick look at her record uh, on Harness Web. She had a total of sixty-one race starts. Now, unless I made a mistake, you can't be suspended very often because you drove her in all 61 starts, if I'm correct. That's amazing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I drove her every start she had. Yeah? Yeah, I did. Um, I've had a couple of suspensions over the years, but I must have been fortunate that it didn't work out with her racing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was good. It was, she, she was a top mare for us. Well, Jim, I, I've got to say this at this point in our conversation. Uh, I've watched you more than most because you've driven for me a lot. But you you do take care of your fellow drivers in a race. You, you're just not the kind of bloke to be shortening them up, knocking them down, getting in their road. You are always very conscious of your fellow driver, and that's a credit to you. Oh, thanks, John. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's not... It's not uh, pleasurable to have it done to yourself. So uh, I sort of think that if everyone raced like that, even though you've still got to have that competitive edge, um, it, it's good. And, and the other thing is, uh, like, I, I don't, I hate getting suspended. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate, and it's just uh, not only does it 
it costs too much money to not be out on the track. It also, mm. um, I lose that, that the, the owners expect you to drive some horses and the trainers and you don't like letting anyone down. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I try my best not to get suspended. It, it's just mm. not worth it. Well, Ian Wilson got an old horse called Min Min Lights to train. Midway through the horse's career, he'd had a lot of racing when Ian got him, but he won another 15 after that, and you drove him in the lot. He was a free-going sort of a horse, wasn't he? Jim didn't have a lot of gate speed. No, he, he was a lovely horse, Min Min. I, I'd actually been driving him for the owner, Hannah Wilstrom, who was training him himself uh, at the time, and and he was racing really good on a Tuesday at Menangle. He he just he ran all these good races. He he didn't win too many. He won every now and then, but he was running against really nice horses in good races. And he was always a little bit wary to take him to Harold Park. He he wasn't a hundred percent sure if he'd get round the track. He he had galloping issues early in his career, but he started taking him there. And and then he he actually gave the horse to Ian, and he just loved the track, and he just. He won, he won a heap at Harold Park. He was Harold Park Horse of the Year one year, mm. and he was just so strong. He, he, he didn't have a lot of gate speed, like you say, but he could make his own luck. He could be put into the race, and he, he could run. They're going a lot quicker in the races now, but the times he could run back there, he had a very high cruising speed, mm. and especially over the long distances. And not many could, unless, unless they were the real good horses, not many could go with his cruising speed, and... And he won a lot of races because of it. Rocket's reject was a surprise packet for the stable. He came from Leeton. He'd won half a dozen races before coming into Ian Wilson's stable, but he was destined to win another 16. He's one of the best you've driven, and what a quick little horse he was, Jim. Yeah, he, he's probably nearly the fastest horse I've ever driven, John. He was he was electrically fast. Mm. He, he, he definitely wasn't the strongest, but... Um, he wasn't weak either. He just, against the top grade, he had to be driven a little bit for luck, but he had tremendously high speed, and it's a shame he had a few injuries throughout his career. Had he not had that, I'm sure he would have even won a lot more. Uh, he was a lovely horse, and we were very fortunate to get him off John Kefford, the owner. And, um, yeah, it's, he, he was, he was, I love that horse. <laughs> he, was, he was one of my favourites. He won a decent race at Melton one night. I think it was a four and five year old championship. Yeah, that's right. He drew. He drew. Oh, very bad. Maybe ten or eleven, mm. and he was fifty to one. And well, we probably thought he needed a lot of luck to figure as well. But uh, a lot of people obviously rode him off being that price, and he just worked out. I just got a three wide trail into the race, and he he sprinted him down the straight. And like we said, how quick he is, he. He made up probably three lengths on some very nice horses in the space of the last 100 metres and just got there in the line. So, mm. yeah, that was a big thrill that night. Can't Bluff Me was a very talented horse. You didn't drive him a lot, but you won about four races on him. Yeah, he was a very good horse, Can't Bluff Me. Uh, he ran he ran a place in the Queensland Pacing Championship behind Blacks of Fake. That was, that was one of his best runs, and... Mm. And he had a lot of ability. He also nearly he was first reserve for the Miracle Mile. He just got beaten the qualifier, so he was he, he was very fast as well. He, he he had already been a good horse as a younger horse with Paul Lasnik. He I think he won a size stakes final, so mm. uh, we were lucky to get him at the time. And 
and he was one of my favourites as well. He was a very nice horse. Mm. Jim, he wasn't the best gated horse, was he? Like, I, I can remember seeing him at Harold Park a few times. He'd be hopping and skipping and bumbling and fumbling. He's, he, yeah, yeah. He, no, you're, you're 100% right, John. He, he had terrible way of going, and you wouldn't think a horse with that kind of way of going would have the, the high speed he could he could muster, but he did. He had that tremendously high speed, and probably at a speed when he was going at his quickest was probably the best he paced. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a lovely horse. He, he had injury problems near the end of his career as well. Uh, well, we didn't have him at the time, but yeah, he was. He, he took us all around Australia as well, and he was a lovely horse. I think he won at Mooney Valley for us at Harold Park, and he ran second in, in the Queensland Bacon Championship. So, yeah, it was very. He was a good horse to us. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round. Now, here's your favourite. The horse to give your career a big kickstart was Scandal Man. Ian Wilson trained him for his entire career. You won 19 races, including the Lyndon Huntley final as a two-year-old. He won a Tatlow Stakes, a Newcastle Derby, Intercity Pace Final at Maitland. He won the big Carnival of Cups race at Penrith, beating Washaki. And the one that gave you the biggest kick of all, the famous Victoria Pacing Derby, your first Group 1. Yeah, Scandalman. He, he was just, he was a dream Scandalman. He was probably every trainer's dream. He, he arrived to us from New Zealand as a very early two-year-old. He'd actually trialled at Addington before we got him uh, with the owner over there yeah. who, who lived in Christchurch. Yeah. And uh, it was only a two-horse trial. I, I don't really know what they went, but he, he was ready to go. He was a beautiful pacer. He was a two-year-old, but he looked like a four-year-old. And he was just such a natural. And he, he made our job very easy. He he was a great two-year-old. He, Like you said, he won the Lyndon Hartley and then went on and won the Tatlow in Melbourne later in the year. And then he came back as a three-year-old, and yeah, it's probably my biggest thrill in the game was winning the Victoria Derby, mm. and uh, just the way he did it as well. He he was dominant that night, and yeah, he he was a great horse. He was, he was a really really good horse. He drew badly, Jim, didn't he, in the Derby? Yeah, uh, he ac- he actually drew four. He he found the front uh, not long after the start. Yeah. But he, he's run in the heat the week before. He drew bad in the heat, and uh, yep. he did a lot of work. He was three wide for over a lap and then outside outside the leader and the leader was a very good horse called Restrepo mm. and yeah we, we still run second that night it, it, it was a really massive run probably the concern was it might have taken the edge off him for the next week but he actually thrived off it and he got better and, and in the final he was he was like we said dominant and yeah he, he just went on he was he was one of the most Beautiful horses you could ever hope to get as a trainer. It was just so natural. Mm. Jim, you took him to New Zealand for two derbies. He ran second in the Great Northern in Auckland. Smolder ran third. And then down to the South Island for the New Zealand derby 
and he ran third to fly like an eagle and smolder. Yeah, the, it's a shame we never got to win one of the big ones in New Zealand, especially since the owners were did live in Christchurch. Mm. <clears throat> but just to travel with a horse that's good enough to go to another country was was amazing, really. We, we never thought that could happen um, before Scandal Man, and, and it doesn't happen very often even now, but to have one good enough to be competitive against the best, it was it was a big thrill. And, yeah, we had a few good battles with Ideal Scott, Smolder and Fly Like an Eagle throughout the year. Mm. I think we all had our turn at, at winning a big one. And, um, yeah, it was a really great three-year-old crop that year. Mm. You ran second to Smolder in the New South Wales derby too. He was a thorn in your side. He was. He was Smolder. We, we got him a couple of times, but he got us in the, in the two big derbies, so... Um, yeah, he was, well, he went on to win an Inter-Dominion, so that's how good he was. Uh, but yeah, we, there wasn't much between us as a three-year-old. It was, he, he probably had the wood on us later in the season, but early in the season, we probably had him covered. So yeah, it was, it was a good battle throughout the year. Mm, Jim, Scandalman really wasn't suited by the mile racing at Menangle later in his career. He'd have been better had they raced over 2,300 every week. Yeah, that's right. He, he had speed. He, he was very versatile. He, he, when he ran second in the Great Northern Derby, he was actually still fall back on the inside at, the, at about the 400-metre mark and, and flashed and only got beaten next. So mm. he, he did have that speed, but he just, over the short trip, he, he wasn't brilliant out of the gate. And uh, the other ones, sometimes he didn't get a chance to be put into the race, especially at Menangle. So... Menangle probably wasn't his favourite track, it's fair to say, but he, he still runs some great races there, like running second in the New South Wales Derby. But, yeah, I, I'm, sure if, I'm sure if there was uh, his forte was a mile and a half racing around half mile or a thousand metre tracks, that was, he, he just loved it. He, he mm. couldn't get enough of the work and he, he just didn't get tired. He, it, was a, it was a really good horse. Mm. He's still around the place, I hear. Yes, he's down the back. He actually served uh, three mares last year and got them in foal, so uh, he hasn't. They haven't foaled yet, so his first foal should be due within the next month, hopefully, and mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. and And it'll be a bit of a thrill to us to have a couple of scandal mares running around for sure. Well, he was by live or die, so his pedigree is pretty stout. Yeah, and it was such a it was such a natural pace, John, that you would think there's a big chance that they will go early. He was a clean goer and he was a natural and he looked and he always looked the part. So mm. hopefully he throws that into a, a few of his progeny. He's a buzzin' was another old warrior that Ian got to train pretty late in his career. Uh, you had a couple of good seasons with him, good enough to go to the Perth Inter-Dominion. He didn't make the final, but he ran in the consolation. And I think you started in the Hunter Cup with He's a buzzin'. Yeah, he's a buzzin'. He was... He, the very good ones were probably a little bit too good for him, but he was definitely as good as anything else in Australia. And he ran third in the in a Queensland Pacing Championship as well, behind Mr. Feelgood and Washaki. And uh, he was he was right up there with the best. He raced in all the majors. He went to Victoria, to Perth, to Queensland, and he, he won a he won a few races at Harold Park as well. So he was a very good horse. He's a buzz, and he was very versatile. He was better driven sit sprint, but. He could do a little bit of work later in his career as well. Um, 
Brian Tuttenham, who owned him, had just had a very good horse called Sting Like a Bee, and he's a buzz and probably always lived in his shadow a little bit down there. But when we got him up here, he, was, he really fitted in well and suited this work around the place. And he was a lovely horse. You wouldn't even know he was there. He was just, he was just a pleasure to train, yeah. Another nice horse you were associated with late in his career was Chariot King. You won eight races on him, including the Kevin Newman Cup at Menangle, and that gave me personally a big kick, Jim, which you knew at the time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. It was it was a pleasure to ride Chariot King. Uh, you had him his whole life, and he was he was a very good younger horse, and I got the uh, privilege of driving him later in his career, and he hit a purple patch there, and he won he won a string of races in at Goulburn and at Bathurst and Menangle and then he he won the Kevin Newman Cup which uh, yeah gave me a big thrill as well especially being on such a big night and I, I knew it meant a lot to you so it, it, was a, it was a great thrill Well to have Kevin Newman himself there to present the trophy added to the thrill and I nearly broke two of his fingers getting the trophy off him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that might have put a dampener on things but <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he actually, he drew bad that night, Chariot King, and he he probably wasn't he wasn't well he wasn't one of the favourites, but he had a lot of luck through on the inside. But he still had to go a terrific last half to win the race, and he did. And he just he was so he was just a lovely horse to drive. He had that speed, and he wasn't weak. He could do a bit of work if he had to. And he, yeah, you 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 got him going great. And he, that night he was just on song, and he did the job and. Yeah, it was, it was a great thrill. Jimmy, who've been your role models among other drivers here in Sydney? Have you had any any heroes? Um, yeah, I don't know about heroes, but yeah, I've, I've been lucky that when I first started getting into the sport, apart from Graham Watts, I've become really good friends with the Fitzpatrick family. Mm. And all three boys, Cameron, Blake and Gavin, um, I'm still really good mates with now. And I always probably looked up to them when I first started driving as, as the benchmark of, of what a driver has to be um, and just the way they look after their horses and they're always thinking about their horses and obviously winning the races as well but their horses, when they get a good horse, they, they last it a long time and um, I always think that's a, a sign of a good trainer when they can last a long time and, mm. and I just sort of, I really like the way they went about their business. They're very professional. And, yeah, I think that's a benchmark for, for nearly everyone in the game. Um, Paul Fitzpatrick was a dominant trainer at Harold Park for a few years there, and he just they're, they're really hard-working, and they deserve every success they get. I think Paul won seven Harold Park trainers' premierships, and he'll have that one forever with Harold Park closed down now, believe this or not, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, I loved Harold Park. Um, that feeling going onto the track out of the tunnel when you went onto the track with the big stand and the lights in the middle of the city, it was it was like no other track I've driven on. It was it was amazing. And as far as 800 metre tracks go, a lot of people think they're a little bit small these days. But if you were good enough, you could win from anywhere at Harold Park. And uh, the racing there was really exciting and really good. And yeah. I, I was lucky enough. I think I ran second in the last ever Harold Park Premiership drivers, and mm. Ian actually dead heated with Paul Fitzpatrick in the last ever Trainers Premiership. So, mm. 
Um, Great memories. Um, yeah, it was. And it, yeah, it, it, it's a shame it's gone, but uh, to things have to move on and, and we're at Menangle now and it's completely different. So you've got to get a new skill set and, and um, the racing's changed a lot and everyone's had to adapt to it. Well, Jimmy, you've come a long way, son, for a bloke who didn't know harness racing existed until you saw it on Sky Racing one night when you walked past uh, Dad's recreation room. 720 winners you've driven. Yeah, that seems like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. But, um, yeah, I, I'm sure Mum Mum knows exactly to the minute how many drives I've had and how many winners I've had. She She's kept all those records and... I've just been very lucky. I've, I've been lucky that I've had a I've had a very supportive family ever through the ever since I started getting involved in the horses with my mum and dad. And I was lucky enough to get with Graham and Colin Watson, learn so much about the industry and so much about the horses. And then I was lucky enough to get an opportunity with Ian Wilson, who gave me such a big kickstart in the game as far as a driving career goes. And we're lucky enough to get. Flaming Yomax pretty early in my career, which which made my career. So, yeah, I've I've been very lucky along the way, but it's been hard work too. There's lots of highs and lows, as you know. But mm. yeah, I, I've been pretty fortunate, and hopefully we can have a bit more luck in the future. Well, Jimbo, you uh, you drove a lot for me over the last five or six years, and uh, we had some great nights together. And uh, I can't remember a single occasion. Uh, where you didn't do the right thing by me, and uh, I, I can't judge you any way better than that. Yeah, thanks, John, and you were very good to me too, John, so I know plenty of times I had to jump off yours to drive Ian's, and it wasn't my choice. I would have loved to drive both horses, but you were always very understanding, and, and you stuck by me a lot, and and yeah, I, I appreciate someone like you sticking by me like that. It, it means a lot. Pleasure, Jimbo. Great to talk on the podcast. Thanks for your time. Thanks, John. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.